oh, the nerds are in the park LARPing. And I'd, I'd probably be there like, I'm ready to LARP. <laughs> so oh. I wish that would be so cool, but that's definitely got to happen. Internet, please make that happen. Candy crew. What is up, Candy fam? Uh, Before we get into the episode, if you guys can please hit that like button and subscribe, that would be so great. And it'd be a great way to support Best Candy Ever. Leave me a comment. Let me know what other guests you'd like to see on the podcast. And let's have a good time. Candy crew, what is up? Welcome to this episode of Best Candy Ever. Today, I have a very special guest on the podcast. She had actually started... Um, like messaging me and reaching out when I started Best Candy Ever and was honestly just a great person to talk to and was kind of an inspiration. Um, Upon clicking her profile, I saw that she makes these beautiful candies, um, her and her husband, I believe, and is honestly very talented. So without further ado, please welcome my friend Sina, aka Yoda Plurway. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Everyone oh, knows uh, me by Yoda. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I wanted to ask you about that um, before we even start, but thank you for being on here. Why Is that like your favorite character or is that just like a nickname you had forever? Yes. Yeah, so I've, I've had the nickname Yoda all through high school as well. And I've, I'm such a old school Star Wars buff. So even through all the new progression of Star Wars, I'm like, no, got to stay strong. You know, it's just one more movie. But now they're finished with the franchise and moving on to other stuff. But I always get asked a lot. And it kind of just clicked. It ended up being my uh, my rave name given to me. And all the funny stuff about people coming up and uh, those cherished moments, if anyone has had one where they're talking about, you know, how did you get your rave name? Someone was like, oh, you know, your aura is very green, very blue. I'm looking at them like, okay, thanks. That's really nice. And they're like, you know, I see it. And I was like, well, my nickname's Yoda. And they're like, that's it. So it just, it's stuck with me for years now. So I think that is one of the funny things too, is when people call me by my real name, I'm just so used to hearing Yoda that it sometimes doesn't click. And I'm like, man, they're, they're really yelling at some, trying to get someone's attention. And I'm like, wait, that's me. <laughs> if someone doesn't call me Yoda, but now with festivals, not happening. I'm getting more used to people calling me Stina. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is your family call you Yoda as well. Uh, one of my siblings does. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. So, um, can you actually tell us a little about yourself, like where yes. you're from, how long you've been raving for? Yeah, so I am from the Bay Area actually, and it's. I decided today I was a little nervous. So I was like, you know, I always wear a beanie, and I'm always rocking something Bay Area related. So for my little comfort level, I, I don't know if anyone else has that like comfort thing. But I was like, I'll wear my beanie. It's okay. <laughs> no, that's how I feel about fake eyelashes. Trust me. <laughs> okay, I think there. we all have our own thing that we like need whenever we're somewhere. Right. So uh, I'm from the Bay Area. I moved here. Eight years ago on July 3rd, I really don't recommend moving before a major holiday. It was a horrible experience. Uh, But within a few weeks of moving down here to Southern California, where I currently live, I was set up on a blind date setup with my now husband. And we could both assure you it was the worst blind date I think any of us have ever been on in our lives. And here we are eight years later and we haven't left. Oh, wow. Eight years strong. That's awesome. Yes. We, uh, we just got married last year and foregoed the whole thing. So we're like, eh, let's just go to the courthouse. Why not? <laughs> oh, well, congratulations. That's so good to hear. Um, what part of the Bay did you live in? Yes, yeah, so I grew up in San Lorenzo. And then I spent my, uh, after, like during high school, after high school, like younger years in uh, downtown Oakland, you know, Shout oh, okay. The Oakland side of Lake Merritt <laughs> for all the people that that live on that Oakland side of Lake Merritt where there is not a lot of just craziness happening. And I lived off of uh, 17th and Jackson for a few years and I absolutely loved it. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. I used to live in Hayward for a little bit. I went to middle school there. Stacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been it's been a while. But I before that I lived in San Bernardino. So I'm like, why? Well, like we're both like NorCal and SoCal. Yay. Oh, I love meeting other people as well that understand it's there's such different I don't want to say communities, but it really feels like you're almost in a different state when you're living in the Bay Area versus, you know, where I live specifically now. It's it's just totally different. It really is. Yeah, no, for sure. Even the weather is completely different. It's like, like for the most part, really muggy and cold there. And then SoCal, of course, is like nice all the time for the most part. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, but before we even move on, I just have to say everything behind you looks Amazing. Is that a tapestry that you have there? It's like a, is it it's like the my of life or? You see my, my work Zoom background. I, <laughs> I fall into that category of people trying to find a Zoom background. And this is actually our, our puppy crate right now <laughs> that everything's sitting on. But as I say, it's a, it's a velvet tapestry and I needed some kind of texture for whenever I'm doing like conference calls to have something that, that fits well with the lighting. Oh, it's beautiful. And okay, I can't stop looking at your seven lions. Are those perlers? They, it looks like yes. they, they light up. Or So I, especially as well from following you from the grassroots to where you are now, and congratulations again, much love. Thank it you. was so hard because you always ask, hey, you know, what is your favorite candy? And it was so hard for me to pick. So I tried picking little bits and pieces from people that are just mean a lot to me in life. It was just so hard to just pick one or two, but I, I did narrow it down to one piece, but I was like, you know what? I'll bring them out. And they are. Yes. Ah, it's like this I giant showcase. So they're all different uh, seven lions perlers and you can even see where they connect as well. So they're all different perler pieces put together just in different ways. So I have my mini hammer. My husband has, uh, is the original creator of the seven lions hammer, which I know has been replicated and reconstructed for different things many times. And, and your and husband's like a candy kid too, right? I think I started yes. following him. Z's candy. Correct. Yes. So as I say, these two are his babies. And then uh, someone lovingly, uh, seems Angel, show me angels, made me this so that I can have a Mrs. Hammer. And I love this thing. <laughs> I love oh booping people with it because it's so soft. <laughs> it just, it's, it's just one of those little funny things. You're walking through a crowd and you just boop someone with the hammer. <laughs> oh, it's adorable. Is, so is this a thing? I wasn't even aware. I knew Seven Lines, like his logo, like lots of people have his actual like uh, his logo has a necklace, like a perler necklace, mm -hmm. but I didn't know that hammer was even a thing. But now, like, I'm just struck with how awesome it looks. And I can see that the one in the back, that one changes colors and everything. Yeah, so uh, candy weapons have really come a long way. The first time I ever saw a candy weapon, uh, who is now a friend of ours, and it's funny, we've uh, we've never actually met in person, too, which always, it's just one of those crazy things where you can have such a great friend but you've never met them in person. It, it reminds me of the old MySpace days, but her name is Rachel. I believe her IG is uh, Bubble Blue. And it was the first time I had ever seen candy or perlers or even uh, beadwork created to create these candy weapons. And now candy weapons are everywhere. And one of the larger accounts is, uh, her name is Amy. And she does a lot of cosplay and whatnot at like these larger shows or Comic-Con and she creates full battle armors out of candy. So it's, it's something newer to my knowledge in the past, at least three to four, three years, I've seen it really just take off. And now everyone's trying to make candy related weapons and, and whatnot. Oh my, I had no idea. What about, um, have you seen like those swords? They're like perler swords. I don't know if that's yeah. part of the candy it's weapon. Same category. Yes. Same category. Okay. Wow. I had, oh my gosh. So did this just start within like the last like two years? Because I wasn't aware like at all. It definitely has grown a lot of popularity and I know as well. So Zach, it was our, it was a friend made one completely out of uh, perlers and Zach took inspiration and made the hammer 
and then ended up making the axe afterwards. And he's working on a new project right now. But one of our really good friends who uh, his son is, we consider our nephew as well. His name is Matt. And he has since created uh, a few candy weapons as well that have also just gone completely viral. And it really pushed it to the forefront. And I believe that was about two years ago, two and a half years ago that I've just seen it explode everywhere and you know candy swords uh we have a candy shield that our friend paul made and it's a captain america logo <laughs> because i'm always joking he has america's ass so <laughs> we have oh, nice. a, so we have a captain america one and it's anything someone can think of and or you see a lot of a uh, legend of zelda related uh candy swords i think that might be the one you're thinking of too yes yes um my my friend uh, Desmond from the Festi Files, I don't know if you've seen his stuff, but he uh, has a podcast and he's like a big Porter Robinson fan. And I remember seeing, I think they were, I want to say they were like inspired by him or it, it could have been Legend of Zelda, but it was definitely like that sword. And um, because they're like candy weapons, do people go into like candy battle? Is this like, like this... <laughs> this giant thing where people like kind of fight each other with it or is it do you think it's just like something that kind of started out as fun like this cool trend that's going on I'm trying to think of the name right now and I feel so disappointed I can't think of it oh LARPing I wish people would do LARPing with candy I think that would be so epic what is that what's LARPing LARPing is when a group of people get together and recreate different battle scenes uh, from points in history. So you'll see oh. a lot of people or uh, funny nerdy references. I know Family Guy and at least South Park has done a, a, like a LARPing spinoff where it's like, oh, the nerds are in the park LARPing. And I'd, I'd probably be there like, I'm ready to LARP. <laughs> so oh. I wish that would be so cool, but that's definitely got to happen. Internet, please make that happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's cool. Okay, I've seen that um, back when I was going to uh, college. I've seen a group of like um, like Star Wars fans do that with lifesavers. Same. Yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I hope that happens. I think that's, um, I think it's fun and it's not like violent in any way or anything. I think it's all like candy love, really. It is, and I will say we've only ever had one instance where someone, like a security entering a festival, was like, I don't know, like it's a weapon, and we didn't tell them what it is, you know, we're holding our, um, our straps what was it? and everything. It was, uh, it was the larger, the battle axe in the background, and they're like, I don't know, I think you have to open it so we can see what's inside, and we're like, lights. explain to them, like, it, you'll break it if you do. And, and thankfully like another security guard came over. It was one of those lucky moments. But other than that, I know I've heard a few other people say they've had issues bringing in swords specifically because it's considered a weapon, whether you tell physically tell the person, Hey, this is just a piece of candy. Or it's a costume. Not. It's part of your costume. The, part, of your, part of your attire. But I know I've heard about it, at least in some places, people have issues bringing in the swords. However, we've been very lucky with that. Some very very grateful for that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's so awesome. In terms of that Captain America shield, um, did you say that you have one or your husband has one? Uh, yes, it was uh, gifted to both myself and my husband from our friend Paul, or everyone knows him in California as Tigger. And he as well makes a lot of larger pieces. And I know I have one of his up here somewhere as well <laughs> but I didn't want to bring the huge one over I was like I'm running out of space <laughs> yeah I wanted to ask was that Captain America Captain America one is it like life-size or is it like kind of small that's it what I was really curious about life-size it's kind of heavy yeah <laughs> it's kind of heavy so we have it mounted on the wall I think that's one of the reasons I didn't want to take it off the wall like take all this stuff off of it but it's made with uh it is made with pony beads so like the oh I imagined yeah. it being like all perler yeah, beads it's it's made out of just the regular pony beads sewn together with a some sort of peyote stitch to create the pattern Oh, you know, I just heard about the peyote stitching from um, Candy Diva, and I was just, like, oh, in my head, Alex. I was like, yes, 
Yeah. I was like, she's talking about like the cactus. And then I had no idea that it was um, a specific type of stitching, but oh my God, that is so awesome. I just, I absolutely love how you and your husband like are both these like epic candy kids. And now seeing, (laughs) yeah, and I was seeing like your guys' stuff in the background. I'm like, okay, we have to like go through each piece because I see like this giant (laughs) rainbow cuff too. There's a few, I was going to say, I kind of forgot what I put up here. I was just like, I love this person. This person means a lot. And, you know, I was talking with, with Z about it. I was like, I don't know how I pick one. He's like, why don't you just pick one from, from people that have meant a lot and whatnot. So I was like, yeah, I'll just throw it in the background. It'll be fine. (laughs) Yes. These are, these are so great. They almost, this kind of reminds me of the very first episode I did with a guest with Kiana because she had like these giant ones too, um, just like you yes. have like these Sailor Moon ones. And um, just looking at them makes me um, super excited because I forget how artistic and creative uh, you guys are it, and like how much work you guys put into it. I completely it. agree. There's, there's some things, and I will agree with you on the peyote stitch. I it would be dead honest. I rarely navigate that field and it is not something that I enjoy when it comes to candy because it, it takes such uh, it takes a specific eye to make those pieces and make them come to life. And especially with recently, uh, you know, it, it's, it been a tougher last year. I would say, you know, 2021 is 2020, but with a bad bangs haircut and right. Uh, one of the pieces that was created uh, by an individual for a secret Santa that I was a part of adminning, they did peyote stitch work and we were able to randomly pair up two people that specifically make peyote stitch style candy. And I was like, Oh, I'm so excited for this. It's just going to be so epic. And it was so cool as well, but it is like some people don't like perlers. I do not like peyote stitch and I will not even try to pretend that I know how to do some of these like super gnarly things. I just look at it and I'm like, that's cool. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you- touch it? That's about it. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you appreciate the art, but other than that, that's it for the most part. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I won't BS you there. <laughs> oh my God. So when did you get into creating candy or I guess even start raving because those two really go hand in hand. Yes. So I started raving or the first rave I ever went to was at a, like, I guess a club in San Francisco. I think I had just freshly turned 18 or I was just about to turn 18. I'm pretty sure I was 17 at the time. And my friend got me in and it was like their rave night at the club. And I'll never forget, I actually desperately tried to find this piece of candy, but I think it's in storage. And I still have the first ever candy I was received. And it was a single. I didn't understand. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, sir. I don't have any money for this transaction. Like, what are you trying to sell me as like a small little 17-year-old? And he took the time to explain Plur and explain all of these things. And it really captivated me at such a young age. And Flash forward over 10 years later, about four years ago, we were at an event and I started noticing, I was like, you know, we're still in our 20s, we're still in our late 20s, but why do I feel like it's not, plur is not being communicated that way? Or what's a way that I can spread some kind of positivity, give something back to the community that's given us so much and given us lifelong friendships, essentially? it just kind of clicked. And so I went on YouTube like anyone else. And I, the first cuff I ever made, which I do have somewhere sitting over here. I have one of the first cuffs I ever made and it is so stretchy. You could slingshot it across the room, which I always find hysterical watching the progress of what you can do with candy and how it changes and how all of us as creators can evolve to create different things whether it's as simple as a single candy bracelet or any of the items behind me, it's such an evolution for each individual person. And it brings out that little bit of yourself that you want to give back and create some kind of positive lasting memory without giving away a piece of your soul. But at the same time, it feels like you are, but it's in the most gratifying, gratifying way that you're like, 
carry on, you know, please take this with you. Thank you so much for your kindness or thanks so much for the water or whatever it is. So yeah, four years ago, I went on YouTube like everyone else learned. I actually taught my husband Z and he has quite quickly surpassed me in many things as well. And I've now taught, I think about 10 people how to make candy throughout the years. And it's interesting to see how that's kind of taken apart in their life as well. Wow. So are you teaching them how to do, for the most part, just like singles or are you teaching them cuffs? Are you teaching them kind of everything that you know? Um, I was about to say, I did bring out my singles bag, which I have on the floor always as, you know, Hey guys, if you just want to come over before, and I guess this is past tense, but (laughs) past tense now, but I always have like a mixed bag of just random beads. I'm like, yeah, feel free to go through make whatever you'd like. Here's something I've made for size reference, and I'll try and teach people the difference between sizing. That has become one of my passions with candy is having a piece of candy that fits every body type, whether that person is extra, extra small, and it needs to be like a uh, a 27 bead circumference for a single, which is quite small, all the way up to our lovely bigger girls, and they want something I think it was really instrumental. Someone at a show, it's like, no, you don't have to give me candy. And we're chatting amongst this loud blaring music at the bass pod. And she goes, every single piece of candy I've been given tonight has broken because it was too small. So I went through my entire collection that I had brought in with me on my, I'm just pulling, pulling stuff off of my strap And I finally find something that I was like, okay, this is meant to be like an upper bicep cuff. So it's got to fit her. And she put it on and it actually like went to her elbow and she started crying. I started crying. We had a grand old moment, but it really occurred to me that it's so important to create that kind of inclusivity within the community because not every single is going to fit every single person. And when you are walking around a festival with, uh, I don't know if I'm if I can cuss or not, but you can. I, I do it all the time. Okay, <laughs> I, I definitely have a sailor's tongue, so I'm trying really hard. But you know, when you're walking around with just a shit ton of candy or just a bunch of stuff on, people naturally are going to kind of gravitate towards you. And to be able to have something to say, yeah, I have something that fits you, or I have something I think that you would like, and it fits them is just so important. And it's become one of my passions when I am making something. Sometimes I'll make it two or three times in different sizes as well. Oh my gosh. See, I feel like that's what makes hardcore candy kids like you really different compared to like a rookie candy maker like myself because it sounds like you really took the time to create candy that will fit everyone and that alone is just so meaningful and sweet in itself because you don't want anyone to feel left out. And that totally shows because that girl started crying. So I'm sure that was just something. Such a moment. I I really remember it like yesterday, but I think to tag on to your original question with when I'm teaching people candy, if they don't want to make a big cuff, if they don't want to make a perler, they're just over to have a few beers and just go through our random bag of beads that they don't care about. And they're not into candy. That is the one thing that I will push. You know, is to create different different sizes. sizes. Yeah, as well. Because especially, I don't know if you remember back when you're wearing candy and it kind of the bead imprint on your skin, on your arms after a while of wearing so much. I was trying, if they're a little more, uh, I don't want to say closed-minded, but if they're like, oh, I'll just make them all the same. I'm like, I try and use that frame of reference. Like, oh, when you wear them so long, it'll be nice to have some that fit up here. When in reality, someone's wrist may be the size of the upper arm or someone's wrist may be the size of A, B, C, D, blah, blah, blah. That is the one thing I will always push for. Even if they have no want to make candy other than to just have a single to give out. 
Oh my God, you're so nice. I feel like a dick. I just literally no. cut a whole bunch of string. I'm like, okay, here we go. And I am so selfish because for me personally, when I wear all the candy, I'm like, okay, I don't want them to be tight. I want them to kind of be a little loose. So I'm really thinking about myself. But in terms of like the creative part, like what it says, the beads that I use, the charms, that's when I really think about the other person. But I try not to make them too small anyways, because guys are you know, their wrists and hands are always bigger than girls. So I try to make them a little larger, but I wasn't even thinking about um, like bigger girls, smaller girls. So everyone comes in different shapes and sizes. And I had always tried to make different ones, but I also never thought about it that way until I had that interaction with her and us having that like total moment, you know, (laughs) of course there's music blaring. We could barely hear each other, but sometimes when you just, you just feel that energy with someone and it's, that was at the very beginning of me making candy too, which is about four years ago now. I had that experience and it's just stuck with me through all these years that, oh, this is something that people go through or people get rid of candy because it doesn't fit them. You know, just those little things. Right. That you never really think about. That's true. So you mentioned that when you met that girl that you had – uh, like several candies. So you were like definitely looking. Um, do you have, or when you go to festivals, do you normally bring a bunch of candy or do you have candy all the way up to like your shoulder or do you carry like a belt with you? I see definitely every candy kit is different. I prefer the belts and uh, someone told this to me years ago and you go to Walmart, go to the camping section, buy yourself a little clip on little just simple, I think they call them tethers. They're like $3 and they have something like a hundred pound max strength on them for this little clip. And that's the belt that I use because it's super cheap and it's effective. So I always have these like giant loops on me. (laughs) It's really comical whenever we have to split up, conquer and divide. I'm like, Hey, can you watch my candy? And every now and then one of us will just be standing there with just this pile of everyone's backpacks with just candy on top, (laughs) whoever gets stuck waiting there. So I say, yes, I always try and bring in uh, quite a few cuffs. I know every candy kit is different. My goal is always uh, five one X's, at least three to four two X's and or three X's and then a few larger pieces. And over the past couple of years, I've really been getting into perlers. So I will usually have quite a lot of perlers on. And those are the items that I'll try and, I don't want to say get rid of, but I'll try and trade out first because they cause a lot of tension on your neck. If you're, especially if your hair's down, you just get like all this tanglies in your perlers. And I'm like, okay, I hope you liked them. Um, hope you want some hair with your perler. Thank you so much. And then they trade back. <laughs> I was about to say like, don't you get hot? I get hot yes. with just like five candies on my wrist like that arm gets so hot so when I see the candy kids I'm like you guys are the diehards because though and they're heavy if you have like a ton yeah especially with perlers for me as it started off as a joke and it's become our like finite you know finger pinky cross I will carry all of our perlers because he doesn't like it. It's too much for him to have that weight there. He just doesn't like it. So I'll carry all the perlers and he'll carry a few more of my cuffs in exchange. Wow. So you guys definitely tag team and make this a priority. <laughs> yes. But we do definitely have different styles, just like everyone does. You know, he has his thing that he really enjoys and gravitates towards and then vice versa as well. Oh, that's awesome. Have you ever had a moment where you're at a festival or a show and you have all that candy and you just regret it for a second just because you have so much stuff and you're you're just like like what if you want to like dance or um like like do you ever feel like you're weighted down by that candy or you don't even think about it there's definitely moments and I would be completely hypocritical if I didn't say that I feel everyone has had that moment at least, especially when you are like, oh, we finally found a good spot and you put all your stuff down and you just want to relax. And then people walk through and of course, there's always someone that bumps into you. It's just the nature of it. And someone steps on a cuff and then the cuff just shatters everywhere. Or you're looking at it like, oh, it didn't break, but it looks kind of gross. And now I got to slowly move my pile of crap away from everyone else. So 
there definitely have been moments like that or uh, I goodness I think it was 2018 or 2017 uh, we were at Beyond, and it was a pretty chaotic event. Definitely one for the books, and there was definitely a lot of moments where I'm like, if I didn't have this weighing me down, I would have fixed this problem. Especially as a rave mom, or like the leader of of quite a few groups, or rave moms, rave aunts of other groups as well. Are you the rave mom? I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am. It was unintentional. I was like, I don't want that crap. And they're like, you're rave bomb. I'm like, okay, that's fair. <laughs> uh, well, there, yeah, I, I would be lying if I'd say there weren't moments because there have definitely been moments and I'm thinking of them all in my head right now too, where it's like, ah, oh, if only, and you know, everything works out. Yeah, well, that's why that's why I respect you guys so much. And it's definitely a craft that isn't easy. So I do understand like why you would be a little upset if someone were to like step on it or step on something that someone traded you. Yeah, that's a big thing too. And it just kind of, you never really get used to it, but you get used to anticipating it, if that makes sense. I don't know if that does. I think it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh. So you have this giant like it sounds like you have a plan when before you go to an event in terms of um making sure that you have like X amount of candy sizes per day. Like your yes. belt. You're gonna hold this while I hold this. Mm-hmm. Is this something that just kind of developed over the years, I'm guessing? Yes. Yeah, so when I uh back to when I originally was like, I need to find a way to you know, give back to the community where people go through, I've realized a lot of people go through the phase of like, okay, I want to go to a rave and uh, escape Halloween in Southern California is one of the largest California events specifically, because a lot of, I guess, non, non-dedicated, I can't think of the right way to phrase it, Renee, maybe you can help me with this, but it's one of those larger events where people go just to get fucked up because it's Halloween and you can get dressed up. So as I say there, it's like, okay, if a lot of people are just going to go, who are the people that are going to be carrying this through? And that's kind of how candy came into it. Like, okay, maybe I can instill this memory into someone by having that, even if they're only going to be there for that one event, maybe they'll do something, you know, it's, it's definitely evolved in that way. Right. I think it's it's a memory. It's like you're giving a memory. And yes. I actually love Escape and I've been the past two years and I always make these themed candies. So last year I made a bunch that said uh, witchy AF or boo <laughs> or just cute little Halloween like things. Yeah. And yeah. I try to use little like orange and black or I had these little skull charms and stuff. So. Oh. Whenever I would give it, uh, I would, I always like tell people when I make it, like if I've really spent time on that candy, I'm like, it says, it says Bulayev because it's escape and it's Halloween. And I feel like that normally is uh, like kind of imprinted, imprinted into their minds and it, it, there's like that special connection. And I feel like people just appreciate it more whenever they receive something from someone at whatever festival, whatever show, because it's like that little act of kindness that happened that day. And it's like a positive moment that I think is like attached to that event. I love hearing you say that. I hear a lot of candy kids as well, or even people that aren't super invested in candy always reference that. And that's always, that's just at the very, very bare minimum, it's essentially you're trading a memory. You're trading a little piece of yourself and saying, hey, you're really cool to run into. Or even if it's just like someone's all the way up from like, the very bare minimum to the very extreme, it really just comes down to that. And I love hearing you say that because it's just, that's where it all starts. Yeah, absolutely. I always like to describe it as a transfer of love. Whenever you guys do um, exchange the candy or, um, you know, give it to someone, it it definitely is that transfer of love. And I feel like there's always that wow factor at the end where they're like, whoa, like that was cool. And, um, what I really like is when they don't like, what is it? They don't expect anything in return or 
if someone's oh, giving yes. me something, yes. I'm always like, you don't have to, like, it's a gift or no, no, no. Like, you don't owe me anything. If that's, if this is your arm of special candies, like keep it. Like, I don't want you to part with it because it's obviously really meaningful. I agree. And actually that makes me laugh because I always, <laughs> I have a, uh, what people call a sick, cruel addiction to making singles. I could just, I just have a bunch of, bunch of beads and charms out. I'll just sit there I'll just put on something like that I've watched a zillion times that I love. Like I'm an avid uh, How I Met Your Mother fan. I'll just throw it on and I'm just sitting there making singles. And then by the time we go to an event, whatever group I'm with, whatever, excuse me, whatever family I'm with that night, I'm like, oh, here, you just, just take a couple. <laughs> you know, it's always nice too because you don't want to have to have that moment. And even if you do, it's okay. But to say, oh, this is all of my keep arm, or this is, you know, this is my keep arm, to have like a few extra, it's, I like doing that. It's, it's helpful. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I usually, I usually have a, a little bucket too where it's just a whole bunch of random candy and I'll just string them yes. together, some random <laughs> word, but then it always ends up looking cool. And then I have my other special batch, which, which is normally the one with all the special beads and the iridescent um, charms and all that stuff. And I normally try to make, I had this thing where I was like, okay, at least two a day until the festival comes. Like, <laughs> yeah, at least two a day. And just like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just like pump them out. <clears throat> but even then that, that gets really difficult for me. So I'll normally just like take off like one day and just have like this giant like party candy party and Sometimes it's just me. Oh, I miss those. Even if it is just you, you're like, this is my dedicated day to, to get this done. I truly miss that. I think that's one of the big things that I do miss is, you know, our, our house, our house, our tiny space, it's a house, but our house is always been the, like, people come over, people hang out here. So even last year when it's like, hey, guys, we're not going to have our like summer party. We're not going to have our Christmas party here. You know, that's always a hard thing too. Cause it's like, you just miss that, that human interaction. And, and truthfully it's, you miss having something to look forward to, especially if, uh, like myself and my husband, we both have really stressful jobs and I have a real high intensity job. So it's nice to just have something to look forward to, whether it's a concert to go see Slipknot, which I would do again in a You're heartbeat. a Slipknot fan? Okay. Yes, I am. I am the original emo kid with a horrible dyed hair, <laughs> like fifth grade, dyeing my hair in the bathroom, digging through my mom's makeup, just going like ah crayons, and just I still absolutely, absolutely adore uh, metal, melodic death metal. Okay, I have to ask you who who were like your top three growing up, like your favorite metal bands? Because I was a formal metalhead as well. So yes, whenever I hear that, I get like super excited. Now I understand why you like love Seven Lions because he's like a metalhead too. Yes. Uh, so forever in my heart, I absolutely adore Slayer. Uh, Pink Floyd honestly was a big one. If I could throw Rolling Stones in there, I would. I'm really sorry to all the Beatles fans out there. Just not for me. I love the Rolling Stones, uh, but definitely Slayer. Oh, gosh. Oh, this is so difficult. Oh, I'm really trying to think. Uh, oh, Sepultura. I have to throw Sepultura in because they are still, to this day, the number one. Uh, like met- They are the Slayer of South America and like Spain and Europe. So I'm going to throw Slayer. Sepultura and I'm trying to think of like a like a real douchey band to throw in there. You know, I'm gonna throw a day to remember in there. I'm gonna throw the douchey pick in there that's not metal. <laughs> Just for shits and giggles. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. I think every for the most part, everyone has that because my douchey one was Cradle of Filth. I like Yes. I love oh my them. gosh. <laughs> yeah, I think for the most part, a good chunk of ravers loved metal loved hardcore or punk or indie or something and I just think it's so hilarious that we all kind of found your, found ourselves here together in the rave scene well I think it's it's also a great way too if you have a friend that's like hey I want to go with I just don't like the music okay what do you listen to like oh I listen to Cradle of Filth and Slayer like okay maybe we can get you interested and let's start Robin off with King. excision really easily. Or if someone's like, hey, I like country and I like, 
oh my gosh, I can't even think. I like bluegrass and country. It's like, okay, maybe we'll start you off with some more like, like maybe more generic, like actually not generic, but like Porter Robinson, maybe a little Seven Lions and something more melodic and feelsy. And then maybe just throw some Martin Garrix in there for the party vibes. Like you can find different subcategories of EDM to correlate with other subcategories of other music that has that same beat or same style and just that's how you put it in there like a lot of bass heads are usually like ex emo kids and I'm like oh I found my people <laughs> so I love oh it. yeah yeah especially if you had a set and then whoever's playing decides to throw in some slipknot like front case or Sullivan King did it with My Chemical Romance oh, and you hear the kid, like people singing yeah. along and you just stare at them and you're like, yep, we were like in this together in high school. A person. Yeah. All outcasts together, reunited, and somehow we ended up being cooler, which I'm so happy about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just glad that we all kind of um, found each other here because I feel like a lot of those like rock scenes are not necessarily dying but I feel like there's a lesser interest I could be wrong maybe I'm just finding that like EDM is taking over but I agree no you're you're not wrong I mean even my favorite like I love the Woody show in the morning because they're up at 5 6 a.m and they're an LA radio like morning talk show and I always listen to them because if I have to be on East Coast time and get up by 5 a.m. and still work until 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I know that they're going to be up and to hear even them an indie rock show playing little bits and pieces of EDM in their show. I'm like, this is weird. Okay, this is the normal now. Like, you know, it's 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 definitely creeping in into other areas where you're like, never thought I'd hear this song play on this radio or this person doing vice versa, it's definitely taking over in a sense. It's becoming more approachable. Yeah, yeah, no, that's for sure. Uh, we were actually watching, um, uh, it's called like Dream Home Makeover on Netflix. And my boyfriend was like, oh yeah, you know, like they're into EDM. And I was like, what? And like, as I was watching, I was listening and they were playing like that super generic EDM. So that way, some kind of house music that plays on the radio station. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like during the yeah. whole thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. But for sure, I feel like EDM has definitely gotten um, like more acceptance. And uh, I feel like people, yeah, especially here in Vegas, it's like a hardcore EDM city um, since they have all the resident DJs like for a while like Stevie Yoki, Calvin Harris, oh, even yeah. okay. Relics at one point. I remember yeah. seeing that because we have a friend that lives in that lives in Vegas and he just moved I think from Henderson to like the one of the closer suburbs. Yeah. And he yeah. was always telling us about there's always some residency somewhere like come out and visit in the past. So yeah it's it's weird. We're like oh I thought we were a we finally went from one alternative group to another alternative group. And now you see all the, like, I guess it's funny, like see the ex like popular girls that are like, Oh, I'm so into this now. And I'm like, you don't know. <laughs> you weren't there, but it's in a way it's good that it's being accepted. It helps. It makes it an easier dinner table conversation with relatives. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I say welcome. If you're, as long as you come into it with like an open mind, don't have any preconceived notions about it, then I say, hey, welcome and enjoy and let's have fun and like, let's show each other like what it's all about. And I think that's what's really cool about it. Especially if, you know, when you meet yeah. somebody at a rave and they're like, it's my first one oh, and they're like really receptive to everything. Yeah. And that's when I, I get really hyped about it because then I'm like, I'm going to pop your rave cherry and we're going to go in here and we're going to do X, Y, Z. And it's just so great. But yeah, I really miss raving. The more we talk about it and like candy, I'm like, oh no, like I forgot that's how it made me feel. Or I forgot like the different ways that it made me feel for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I know it's uh, candy has definitely changed with it no longer being an in-person you know, no longer being an in-person trade, it's now plur packages. And that's been very, 
very interesting to see play out. A lot of good, a lot of really funky stuff in between, but for the most part, it's it's getting better. People are learning. I just can't wait to be done with clear packages. <laughs> I really can't. I just want to be able to trade in person again so badly, but I know that's not it's okay to be optimistic, but I need to be realistic with candy that that's may not happen for a while. So it has to go through plur packages in the mail. Yeah. I think for now, plur packages are a, an alternative. At least yeah. it's there. It is. Yeah. So um, I have to ask you because I keep looking at your, all your seven lions stuff. Um, what are, what are your, some of your favorite songs from seven lions? From Seven Lions, I guess I'll be basic and just say that I love Islands. <laughs> and I just oh, I love feel, that song too. I feel Girl. the pressure of the world just going, you're really going to pick that song. <laughs> it's a good song though. And it like has that wooly part where it's like super hard. Yeah. I love Islands. And then of course, I know for, um, I always call him my husband, uh, but for my, for my partner, his big thing was... Uh, Oh gosh, I can't remember the name of it. So forgive me now, everyone, for listening and who's watching it as well. But it's the song where it's uh, is a floating jellyfish, a red one floating in the sky. And that song I know is his favorite. And that's what inspired a lot of the Seven Lions candy he makes as well. Wait, is that the music video with the jellyfish in the sky? No, it was, it's hard because I remember the backstory. It was something about he, Seven Lions or, or Jeffafa, Jeffafus was playing at a, was playing at a club somewhere in LA. They didn't like his music and they're like, play something harder. So he just randomly threw this song together and it's become just kind of, oh, is it, is it Old World? Oh, I'm just burying myself further, deeper and deeper. And I, I'm feeling like all of the, Seven Lions and all of our Leonis and Vegas Lions are just like so upset at me right now, but I can't think of the name of the song. But I remember the backstory, which is just so horridly comical and ironic. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're fine. Watch, you're gonna remember as soon as we're done recording. I know. I'm gonna go out there. It's a Z, and he's gonna be like, "You didn't didn't remember." Be like, no, I didn't. <laughs> oh, you're fine. I know he has so many, so many great songs, and I, oh man, you know that still with me remix, yes, above and beyond one. Yeah, I'm gonna get married to that song. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I just absolutely love that one. That one in Worlds Apart. I'm kind of like an older Seven Lions fan, but those are just like those super heartfelt ones that you like look at your friends while it's like playing while you're in the crowd and it just is super feelsy and I just absolutely love that. I will say there is a, it's a Seven Lions remix of an above and beyond song called Sahara Love. And oh, I, I like that one too. Isn't, um, what's her face from Florence and the Machine? Isn't that her singing it? I like Haley or Haleine, I believe. I'd have to, I'm thinking of, uh, I, love I don't know if anyone too. ever has that. When you know what the YouTube cover looks like when you're going through YouTube or SoundCloud, you're like, I know this is what the cover art looks like. I'm just trying to remember the person. <laughs> and I think that's kind of one of those songs that just gets me and just stabs me in the heart with so much like, oh, so much feels. Oh, yeah. Especially because um, he works with a lot of uh, certain like, with certain singers a lot, um, mm -hmm. like Haley and he has that song just recently came out. Um, what's done is done. I, I love, 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 love that one. There, there's just so many. And, uh, I was just talking about it with my friend, Timmy, uh, seeing seven lines, like two years ago at escape. I was like, we're so lucky that we get to see him like now while he's still playing music, because eventually mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of these artists will later on, decide to like stop making music or stop touring and I feel like he's sure. just one of those people or artists that are just up there that are kind of legendary I can definitely agree with that and and there's a lot of people that fall into it like I know Afrojack just to throw out like a random ones like he took a break for a while and now he's back doing all of these virtual sets again 
I'm he is? sitting here like, yeah, he did. Uh, he did. He's done a few that I've seen where he was in like Dubai, and it's really comical. He's at this just empty club, just streaming a live set, and I'm sitting there like I can't remember the last time I listened to Afrojack or I even saw him live. I can't remember that. And then all of a sudden, he just kind of popped out of nowhere. I'm just very grateful that they always do uh, Visions Fridays and then uh, Seven Lions, Emma and Courtney collectively do the uh, like the Gem and Tori brunches on Sundays through their Twitch channel. Like that's just so nice to be able to just pop that on while I'm doing dishes or I'm cleaning on the weekend because that's really all I got going or like some gardening outside. I can just have that streaming outside and it's just something nice to feel like it's, there's still a part of something to look forward to in a way. Right. Yeah. I think we all need something like that to kind of get us through everything. Um, in fact, I started this podcast. <laughs> just I love it though. Impress. I remember I saw the title of it. And I started thinking about it and I was just playing it because I listen to a lot of podcasts. I love Audible as well while I work because sometimes music can be, t- for whatever reason, too chaotic because I'll start focusing on the music versus focusing on work. So I like having like a podcast or playing an Audible book in the background and for whatever reason that works. And I remember just one day I was going, I went through, I think like three podcasts, which was like three or f- like half of my work day at that point, plus with breaks in between. And I was like, I'm going to go make some candy after after today, just listening to it. So it's nice to have something that's more eccentric and specific to what I love a lot about raves as well, to have that avenue. So again, I'm just so excited. I'm like nervous, but I'm just so excited to be Don't be nervous. You're doing so well. Yeah. Hell yeah. No. And I found out you're like a candy kid and I saw like some of the pictures of like the candy on your Instagram. I was like... Okay, I need to have her on here because I haven't had like a hardcore candy kid. And I was like, I I have to. Like what how I would be such a bad person if I didn't have an actual candy oh, kid on the show and it's called <laughs> best candy ever. And I feel like that there's just not enough credit given towards you guys because it's an art form that I feel like isn't really noticed or acknowledged. And I definitely see it as an art form. I love it so much. I always uh, like whenever I see like super cool candy at a festival or a show, I'm always like, did you make that? Like, that is yeah. cool. And it's just so, so great to see people like showcase their talent and like just the meaning behind it. I mean, I can go on and on about it, but um, it's so great to see and talk to you about it. Um, someone who has mastered the craft. Almost. There's always, there's always something new coming out. Like I think I grabbed like some random pay- ironically a peyote stitch thing that I've been working on that I've actually cut up twice and just re-sewn back together and it's a total nightmare but I'm just so determined to do it and I think a lot of people as well for the newer people getting into candy it's I always say you know you're you're always going to find some some bad apples here and there you know there are people that get into it for different reasons but at the end of the day those people will find something else to move on to. And the people that really do understand that gratification and there's just so much a part of it that, that do stick with it. You know, you can move on to making just a, whatever medium fits you. And I think a lot of people are drawn to candy because either they want to be a part of the community. They want to be accepted by a community and need a bridgeway into that, or they've been a creator or an artist in the past slash musician. Like ironically, I'm a guitarist and my husband is the drummer. So I always find it ironic that he's a singer and a drummer and he married the guitarist, but you know, we both have, have other things as well that falls into that third category of you know, I just haven't, like, we don't have the space anymore to have a setup for all of our musical instruments. So it's another way that we can express ourselves. And a lot of people are drawn to candy for all those different reasons. And probably even more that with, like, you're right, it would take us way too long to get through. But it's, it's really been interesting seeing a lot more people 
get involved in candy and trying to explain the deeper meaning of plur. It's not just that general, but if they can at least grasp that, you'll just go down this rabbit hole that's just the most beautiful journey. And somehow you'll end up meeting a Cheshire cat with some light up candy that's like, here you go. And you're just sitting there like, ah, (laughs) and you just meet the coolest relationships with people through candy as well. Yeah, absolutely. I I 100% do agree with that. I think that you can't, I feel like you have to experience receiving one in order to kind of get the gist of it. And it always happens when you least expect it to. I, I know that's so hard for a lot of people right now that are that have gotten into candy through quarantine is they're like, I haven't had that experience of trading in person. They've only done plur packages and plur packages came out of necessity. It's, you know, it's, I just wish so many people could have that experience because it's so different than, than just seeing that human interaction and having that moment with that person. It's just, you just can't beat it. And I hope in the future that everyone that is getting into candy can have that moment eventually because it really does change I feel how you interact with people as well at raves right Once unless get- they're trying to buy your candy then they can just <laughs> they're about like really drunk people that come up to come up to candy kids they're like how much like no sir you can just boop away no thank you <laughs> would you like a single Take a single. Go away. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because my best friend, Chloe, who I just recently had on the podcast, we had a discussion because in a prior episode, I had mentioned how, um, long story short, this girl, she saw this guy with a really cool cuff and was like, oh my gosh, that's so awesome. Can I have it? And he was like, yeah, for five bucks. And initially- oh, a joke. Yeah. No, I think he was serious. I, he, mm-hmm. he, I think he was just try, like, he basically didn't want to tell her no up front. And at first I was like, oh, that, that's kind of messed up. That's like unplur. But then she made a good point. She was like, hold on. He worked really hard on that piece of candy. And he, like, he doesn't have to give it away if he doesn't want to. If it looks that amazing that somebody wants it, then they can pay for it. I was like, I guess that's true too. But I feel like with both parties, it's the fact that they're both accept like expecting something out of it, like a transaction. I think that's what made it kind of weird and slippery. So I don't know when it comes to to stuff like that. Oh, I, I agree. And I'm sure you could see it on my face. I'm a very facially expressive person. It's always a, like a touchy spot for me because it's one of those, you know, like don't talk about religion, politics, sex. If, if for the rave world, it falls into those like awkward categories of do you sell candy or do you not? And especially again, through the quarantine, there are so many people that have Depops and Etsy's and I give them the absolute most love. I've even had family members that are like, you should sell your shit. And I'm like, that's awesome for other people because it is an art. It, there are some pieces where you're like, holy crap, like that's insane. You should sell that and make some damn money all the way to the simplicity of maybe someone doesn't want to make a single and they'd rather go to a place where they know they can get a collection of items. And that's all great and dandy. I just know it's one of those awkward moments where a lot of people will immediately get like, you know, tooth and nail to it about, do you sell candy or do you not? And it's just one of those hot topics. It's always hard. Right. And yeah, no, you're good. And we don't have to, you don't have to say anything about it. I personally, I'm like, you know what, in the end, it's about what the candy means. I don't, I don't think that like, that it's really about like if you made it or if you didn't make it I don't know I just think that there there's a little bit more to that physical candy despite you know all the beauty in it the effort the creativity like in the end what it what does make it special is the the meaning and the memory and the gesture behind it oh, absolutely so and that it goes to the root of it it does yeah so it I mean it can go so many ways it really can unless I'm sitting here like just like the penguins from Madagascar like just smile and wave it's fine you know? <laughs> so this is one of those hot topics and you know I have a lot of friends where they they are a part of that and I'll always like and support it and whatnot like that's fantastic it's just not 
for me and that's okay. Yeah, no, that's completely okay. Everyone can is entitled to their own opinions and everyone's different and everyone has their own certain set of circumstances. If it's a candy kid that really needs money, that's going through stuff right now, especially with COVID, then, then I, I'm just like, do it, go for it. Like you're good at this. Like, like people like it. Yeah. Yeah. And if you need the money, then by all means, you know, I don't think it's like a candy kid selling out or anything, but Anyways, enough of that. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's also hard because business is business at the end of the day. And I think that's one of the things I get old school about. I'm like, business is business. Like, I'm not going to mess with somebody's somebody's business. If that's your business, that's your business. Right. Not for me. However, I will say I've taken, I think, two commission pieces in my entire Candy Kid career. And they both were for friends, though. They're like, hey, I really like that. Can you make that for me? I'm like, I will make you something different, but not the exact same thing. And I think that's more of a common thread. I think a lot of candy kids could probably relate to doing like a few things like that. That's more common. Was yeah. Common. More common. Let's move on. I, it's, oh, it's such a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, we're, we're actually about to wrap up this time by so much faster than I anticipated. Oh my gosh. No, we have to end it on a positive note then instead of talking about candy selling. (laughs) Yeah. Well, actually I started a new segment on the podcast called Raver Advice. And basically what this is, is it's a segment where people can submit any questions or issues, any dilemmas that they have, and it can range from anything. So uh, relationships, festivals, mental health, you name it. And I feel like it's just a really cool, fun way to connect with everyone and get some perspectives too. If you want like some insight from myself or my guests. And so I do have this question here. Okay. So it's, let's see, how do you split up enjoying the experience and capturing it when you put the phone or camera down? And she also said, uh, down and to just be in the moment. And this is from uh, Ray with Shay, AKA Shay, um, which is my good friend. So I feel like, well, you know what? You go first. I want to hear your input on that. I was actually going to ask if you would please repeat the question so oh. I can get a better understanding. Totally. Sure, sure. Please. So... Shay's asking, how do you split up enjoying the experience and capturing it? For example, when you put the phone slash camera down and just be in the moment. I can definitely relate to that for when you're first going to events or especially if it's a newer event, like you've been going to raves for a while or you haven't, and it's just a new event, a new experience, a new environment it's hard to say like, okay, I want to have my phone sitting in my like side boob the whole time or like somewhere tucked that I can just pull it out, take a photo, be there. And it's so easy to get lost in that mentality as well. And at the same time, I think it's, it's a little easier now to be able to put your phone away, especially if you are with a large group of people or even if you're just with one other person because they make backpacks and fanny packs now that are a lot easier to not get into. So you don't, in a sense, I feel more comfortable putting my phone away for the safety reasons, knowing that I have a a good backpack that someone won't be easily be able to break into. That also is a peace of mind to say, I can live in the moment and enjoy. I don't have to have everything on me and in my hands and clutch tight. So I think that's maybe a, a physical and mental aspect of that. But also knowing that there's a lot of people out there that are willing to take a photo for you or you can go back and a lot of times they do like event clips where you can, in a sense, relive those moments for a bit. But my recommendation would be go to the festival early when not a lot of people are there yet. That's when you can take all of your cool, super awesome selfies and I do it as well. That way I'm like, I got, we got our selfie. We got our group selfie. We're only missing one person. We'll Photoshop them in there with Bernie sitting in the chair. Like we got all of our photos done. Now I can put my phone away and just enjoy it. And they hand out the little festival cards. So you know what time 
and always wear a watch. A very cheap two five dollar watch from like the dollar store. I have had a dollar store watch that has lasted me seven or eight years. That is my go-to bomb proof. It glows in the dark. If I need to, I can pull out what time is it? It's 8.35 at 8.45, uh, such and such goes on. That's a lot easier to still be a part of everything, but still coordinate, go to the sets you want to, and not have to worry about your phone. Right. I like how you mentioned that you actually get to the festival a little early and take all your photos there, things like that, because mm-hmm. I definitely do the same thing. In fact, usually... Um, we have this joke about it where take all take as many photos and videos before it turns too dark and you get ugly. And it's just a stupid <laughs> joke. You know, your makeup melts. You, when you yeah. get there, you look super fresh. So that's like the best time to take photos and do all that. But um, in regards to her question, I would say when you get to a set, to a certain set that you know that you love, go ahead and take like, you know, one or two videos, your photos, and mm-hmm. then like block out a good chunk of time for you to just enjoy and just be present and in the moment with the people that you came with. Because I'm mm-hmm. super guilty of being on my phone all the time, trying to record everything. And I don't really record sets as much anymore because in the past I've recorded so many and I almost never go back and um, play them. Isn't that always funny too? It's like, you're like, I know I'm going to need this moment. And then you're like, this, this is taking up too many. Like two MGs or two little like things. This is way too much on my storage. I need to get rid of this. Like I haven't checked. That. <laughs> yeah, that's ab- absolutely true. And so that that's why I don't do it as much. And I just try to um, enjoy myself while I'm there. And I definitely record way less sets and just um, try to enjoy it because in the end, like you don't want to watch that set through your phone. Agreed. I find that the funnier. Uh, And also I think to add on, if someone really wants to have easy access to their phone all the time, uh, there's something you can buy called a runner's belt. And my husband Z actually has one so that he can have his phone. It is something that you wear underneath your clothing, whether you're not wearing a lot of clothing or not, you could still wear it underneath pretty much anything. It lays completely flat and it throughout the process of your entire front is a zipper with a lock. So if you really absolutely like, I am having a hard time with this, knowing that whether it's, I don't want to be, have someone go through my backpack or I want to be able to have my phone. People should look into that. It's on Amazon. It's super cheap. You probably find, find them at like random places, but they're called runner's belts and they lay, it's super flat. You would never know they're there. Oh man, I'm going to have to check that out. Runner's belt. Okay. Mental note. (laughs) Just in case. I know that's really hard too. It's a different era where you want to have those moments, but being in the moment is what creates those moments. 100%. I definitely agree with you. Well, Sina, I just want to thank you so much for being on Best Candy Ever. This was fantastic. And I can't thank you enough for sharing um, all your special candies with us. Yes. Thank you so much. It has been an honor. I was so nervous too about essentially, you know, how am I going to pick a candy? And I realized the beauty of best candy ever is it doesn't just have to be one candy. It can be candy that reminds you of the best people that have created the best moments in your life. So thank you so much for having this platform and allowing people like me to, you know, like bring out, you know, like fun little stuff like this. It's like, I just want to be around my candy again. And just thank you so much again. Yes, absolutely. And do you want to go ahead and drop your plugs where people can find you? Yes. Uh, so you can find me on IG. It is Yoda Plurway. It's all one word, all lowercase. And you can always stay active for lots of random pet spam and random little candy bits. And I hope to see you there. Thank you so much. Heck yeah, sounds good. Thank you so much, Sina. And we'll see you guys next time, Candy Crew. Big stuff, big stuff, big stuff, big stuff.